the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. As I told you a bit earlier in the show, if you are a black American today, you can, I guess, consider yourself much safer than you were yesterday as the Biden administration has uh, heard of the dangers you confront on a daily basis and has come to your rescue. I know they have not made the inner cities uh, safer from those who would carjack what 10,000 cars stolen in Columbus this year that's the estimate we're on pace for that Uh, no they have not done anything to keep you from being one of the record murder total in the city each of the last two years Uh, no they haven't done anything to make sure that uh, more retail businesses come to your community and operate safely in your community free from crime and no uh, they've not done anything to bring closer to you the realization and possibility of a quality secondary education or a quality college education. But, but, thankfully, uh, they have made lynching a federal crime. Uh, Here's Vice President Kamala Harris talking about the triumph of making lynching a federal crime. So today we are gathered to do unfinished business to acknowledge the horror in this part of our history, to state unequivocally that lynching is and has always been a hate crime, and to make clear that the federal government may now prosecute these crimes as such. Lynching is not a relic of the past. Racial acts of terror still occur in our nation. And when they do, we must all have the courage to name them and hold the perpetrators to account. Uh, That is what's known (laughs) as a smattering of applause. I think she was counting on the big ovation. She was pausing, pausing, pausing. Are they going to clap? I mean, come on. When they do, we're going to hold people accountable for that. Oh, she got the golf clap instead, the polite golf clap. Now, I will say this is an instance where apparently she is correct because, to my knowledge, the last person who uh, attempted a lynching in the United States of America was the actor Jesse Smollett. Unfortunately, he attempted to lynch himself by hiring two guys to uh, phony up the crime. He got five days in jail for that. He was supposed to get, what, 150? He got five. I mean, the fact that he had to do five is certainly another brick in the wall of how systemically racist this country is. That he was sentenced to 150 days in jail, and he was out in five, right? 
He was out in five. Uh, here is Dinesh D'Souza on uh, Kamala Harris and the Democrats doing such a courageous thing as outlawing something that has already long been against the law. As far as I'm aware, there hasn't been a lynching in America in the old style for at least 40 years. Uh, this, this used to be a problem in American history. By the way, the party of lynching was the Democrats. Uh, FDR, for example, was able to cement his alliance with Southern Democrats by blocking anti-lynching laws. All of this, of course, is completely swept under the rug. Uh, but to me today, to be passing federal laws against lynching is like passing federal laws against witch burning or federal laws against cannibalism. I suppose theoretically you could say it's occurring somewhere, someplace, but this is hardly a national or social problem. So there's a certain kind of dementia, I think, here in, in not only doing this, but then patting yourself on the back as if you're taking a courageous moral stance. Yeah, I don't know. What else should we outlaw? Uh, he said cannibalism and uh, burning witches. We should definitely outlaw those two things. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're a minority voter and you're in an inner city and your life is filled with gunfire and the threat of physical harm coming to you, your property being taken, stolen, the physical and psychological impact that makes on your kids. And the Democrats laud themselves for outlawing lynching. I mean, like on the top 20 things that you have to deal with on a daily basis in America's deteriorating inner cities. Is lynching on the list? I don't think lynching is on the list. But Kamala doing what she did yesterday is just the latest example of what Dinesh D'Souza calls uh, her unique gift for public incoherence. With uh, Kamala Harris, um, there's a kind of a mystifying element to her because she has this uh, remarkable ability in which she can speak and, and it's layers and layers and statement upon statement and you, there are subjects and verbs and objects involved but you can listen for minutes on end and then realize that she has said absolutely nothing. I mean, how it's possible to do that is itself a kind of talent, I guess. But um, I think with Kamala Harris, public incoherence has obviously now become... We know with Biden, he can be... Uh, he can stumble and he can stutter, but you could pick up his meaning. He's angry, he's cranky, uh, he's illogical, but he's conveying what he's trying to convey. With Kamala Harris, you are able to listen uh, with a sort of uh, almost anthropological fascination, and you're like, what did she say? Yeah, I've been in that situation before. I've sat through m- numerous press conferences with certain coaches who will remain nameless, <laughs> Jim Trestle. And you go, um, I got 20 pages of nothing here. Now, that's a useful skill if you're a coach and you're dealing with players and egos and things like that. It's not such a useful skill if you're a politician and you're supposed to be out there supposed to be inspiring people and you're supposed to be articulating domestic and international policy how bad is kamala harris at this she's so bad at it that the fact that biden is bad at it makes her an untenable solution to him being bad at it because if she were together succinct well then you'd be like what do we need this old dude around for I know there are people who think, oh, they're never going to hang Joe Biden out to dry. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Did they 
use Andrew Cuomo as a disposable weapon, a disposable icon? Was he, like, made out of styrofoam and chucked in the recycle bin when he became untenable for the Democratic Party going forward as, remember for a while they were thinking about having him run for president instead of Joe Biden. Woo, that would have been interesting. But they have the perfect avenue to get rid of Joe Biden with if they want to do it, if they deem it necessary to do it. And that is, of course, Hunter Biden's laptop. Hunter Biden's laptop is the lever on the trap door of the hangman's noose that sits poised around the neck of Joe Biden. And this is the problem with Democratic politicians. They don't really have a whole lot of insight. Because let's take COVID for a second, okay? They come into the White House at a time when vaccines are coming on the market and we're getting greater clarity about COVID and who it really impacts and who it really doesn't. And instead of taking the victory lap for COVID, certainly when Omicron reared its not very virile head, they viewed it as an opportunity to double down because they were caught between this uncomfortable set of objectives that were at odds with each other. On one hand, COVID offered them an opportunity to continue to keep their thumb on people and to identify people like you and I who would not be controlled by their stupid mask mandates and their idiotic vaccine requirements and their dumb, incessant pleas for us to get booster one, two, and three. On the other hand, the mounting numbers that they had to magnify in order to control people and identify those who could not be controlled put them in a bad light. And they chose unwisely. They chose to double down on fear. With Joe Biden, they could get rid of him by using Hunter Biden's laptop as the means by which they get rid of him and capture the high ground of saying, look, we're not political partisan hacks. We got rid of our own president for things that no American president can do. The Republicans didn't get rid of Donald Trump. We got rid of Joe Biden. They could take that avenue, but no good lawyer asks a question without knowing the answer to the question. And I guarantee you, no good lawyer will ask a question if the answer to the question is Kamala Harris. Because again, they made an unwise choice back when they allowed her to be Joe Biden's vice presidential nominee. What did she bring to the ticket? What did she bring to the ticket? I thought my biggest fear when Biden clearly became the Democratic nominee was that he would bring on board the ticket Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke. I mean, you know, if you needed an empty-headed, moronic vice president, Beto O'Rourke would have sufficed, as well as Kamala. And Beto O'Rourke might have brought you Texas. He might have brought you Texas, which there's no way the Republicans win the election if the Democrats win Texas. He might have. He gave you a chance to get Texas. He had a chance. He, he younged up Joe Biden. Beto 
was a balance to Biden, except Beto, well, inconveniently, at least he hasn't identified as one yet, was not a black woman. It was not a black woman. So Democrats are enslaved to this continual evil push-pull between one tempting alternative, continuing to magnify COVID, keep control of people, identify those who won't be controlled, and had they posed it the other way, look, we're the people who got rid of COVID. And as it came to vice presidency, it was like, look at us. We're awesome. We have a, we have a black female vice president. We're transformative. We're, we're really progressive. Yeah, but she's incompetent, and if the old dude embarrasses himself, which I don't even think they really understood how deeply the old dude would embarrass himself, well, then they're stuck with her, and she's not a viable alternative to him. She's not. So it is fun to watch them flail, fail, circle back, and uh, continually mess up and be caught to be ensnared in a trap of their own creation. It is better to get to a party late than to not get to the party at all. So welcome, New York Times, to the Hunter Biden laptop is legit party. Yes, the New York Times, which joined the braying chorus of those on the Democratic side of the aisle, which is all media, except for the New York Post and Fox, and Newsmax. Last year when the Hunter Biden laptop arose because he's a uh, cocaine addict, too stupid to realize that he had incriminating emails on his laptop that he left at a Delaware computer repair shop, well, it was ignored in the media. And what was it, like 40% of Americans said they had never heard of the Hunter Biden laptop after the election, and 60% of those said if they had heard about it, they would not have voted for Joe Biden. Oh, there goes your 81 million votes, Joe. There goes your desire to crown your extensive political resume with the office of the presidency. I wonder if Joe Biden regrets that now. The New York Times regrets. Well, I don't know if they do regret it because Trump would have been reelected. But the New York Times, if they were you know, any legitimate news organization, they would regret not reporting something as consequential as the sun of a person running for president doing business with Russia, China, and Ukraine oligarchs, even though he had no qualifications beyond being the son of a former vice president and a current presidential candidate. So the New York Times on Monday admitted, ah, our bad. That Hunter Biden laptop, that's legit. We vetted it. Took us a long time, more than a year, but it is legit. Okay, so... A couple of senators, Chuck Grasley of Iowa, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, were ready. And this week they both showed via the contents of the laptop that Hunter Biden received direct payments, six-figure payments, from an arm of the Chinese Communist government and from energy companies with extensive ties to Russia and to the Ukraine. Hmm, this seems pretty significant. So, Congressman Matt Getz decided that this would be something that would be, you know, a pretty good thing to ask an FBI cybersecurity expert who appeared before him 
in Washington, D.C. So where is the laptop? Sir, I'm not here to talk about the laptop. I'm here to talk about the FBI cyber program. You are the assistant director of FBI cyber. I want to know where Hunter Biden's laptop is. Where is it? Sir, I don't know that answer. That is astonishing to me. Is, has, has FBI cyber assessed whether or not Hunter Biden's laptop could be a point of vulnerability, allowing America's enemies to hurt our country? Sir, the FBI cyber program is based off of what's codified in Title 18, or um, Title 18, Section 1030, a code which talks about computer intrusions, right, using nefarious intent. Network well, you've talked about passwords here. I mean, Hunter Biden's password on his laptop was Hunter 02. He drops it off at a repair store. I'm holding the receipt from Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, they turned over this laptop to the FBI. And what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI Cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. That's exactly what he's saying, because they don't want to know where it is. Not relevant. Boy, I remember when uh, Donald Trump Jr. had a meeting with someone who uh, had some ties to Russia, and that was like a humongous story on the left, even though it was proven that had nothing to do with anything. But they had a narrative to prove, and they did their best to prove it. And you know what? They're still working hard, some of them, to disprove that Hunter Biden's laptop had anything to do with the election. Here's John Harwood on CNN. It seems pretty clear that Hunter Biden was uh, trading on his father's name to make a lot of money. Um, he's had a difficult life. He but has? until you make uh, someone <laughs> makes a nexus between what Hunter Biden has done and official activities of Vice President Biden or President Biden, it's uh, a not pretty picture. But it's not really uh, of uh, much public import in terms of the policy of the United States or the administration of the government. It's not. Hunter Biden, first of all, had a difficult life because he's chosen to make bad choices when it came to sleeping around on his wife, sleeping with hookers, doing cocaine, and spending a lot of money. Where did he get that money? Well, he got that money by flying on the official vice presidential airplane to China with his vice president father and then coming up with a humongous contract with an energy company in China, even though Hunter Biden had zero qualifications as an energy expert. But nothing to see here, according to John Hartwood, according to most of the major networks. Are they reporting on this on a nightly basis? There's no nexus John Harwood says, no, no nexus, really. There's pictures of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and energy executives from foreign entities that we don't trust now. There's the notation that, love to do a deal with you. You got to have 10% for the big guy. Wow. Utterly amazing. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.